Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Long Distance Work Life Podcast, where we try to make sense of working from home, working in the office, hybrid work, wherever your brain and your butt are and getting stuff done. It is uh, an ever-evolving workplace, and that's what we are here for. This is not a Marissa episode, although we have been having an inordinate amount of fun with her lately, answering your questions and addressing your pet peeves. So she will be back next week. Do not fret, though. I am joined by uh, a very, very clever person, the executive brain coach, Angela Sharina, who is joining us right now. Hi, Angela. Hi, Wayne. So, you know, pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for being here. Although you are not here, you are actually, and I love this about (laughs) the workplace right now. Last time I talked to you, I can't remember where you were, but it wasn't Brazil, which is where you are now. Yes, it was Mexico, um, Playa del Carmen. Darn. Uh, your life is not bad, and and this is part of the thing, right? Is you do good work, and you write, and you teach, and you do all this stuff, and yet you can do it from pretty much anywhere, which is a very cool thing. Yeah, I think it's the reality for a lot more people uh, when uh, people look into that, right? So uh, we all know that most of us don't need to be in the office for all the hours that we work. And so why not take ourselves to some other place that we might explore and enjoy more instead of staying in one place and uh, doing the work from there? Well, uh, that's absolutely true. And there are lots of reasons people don't do that. You know, some people are grownups with responsibilities and children and stuff, right? (laughs) And they're not free to do that. And here's the other thing, and this is what I want to talk about today is regardless of what chair you happen to be in at the moment, you still have to get work done. And our brains aren't always our best friends when it comes to this. And I know that you have done a ton of studying and writing on how the brain works and, 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 or doesn't (laughs) as the case may be. And we have a bunch of things. I want to talk about uh, burnout. I want to talk about fatigue. If we have time to it, we'll get to procrastination. And yes, I fully realize the irony of what I just said. I understand (laughs) that. Uh, But let's just start with why do some people struggle with mastering themselves and, and creating a mindset that allows them to work remotely or free of the constraints most people have and other people just can't do it. Um, You know, I actually would start in in other places, but since you asked this question, um, I think a lot of people have assumptions that they don't check against reality. That's, um, I believe, the foundation of it. Right. So we think that uh, it is not it is impossible to, let's say, move with our family uh, to another country, even if, you know, for a short while, um, because um, I don't know, because of kids school or because, uh, you know, we are used to a certain 
uh, things, um, I don't know, getting groceries or having our routines, health taken care of. Uh, but then when you do research, actually the environment changed so much and you can do all of those things uh, in most places in the world. And the world is much more um, open to that and ready for that, right? Um, and so I think, yeah, it's assumptions and not feeling like maybe people have resources to put a little bit extra work into that um, research and decision making and changing things. And then another aspect of it, of course, when we're in a familiar environment, we spend much less energy on making different decisions, on learning, or on um, doing our thing, everyday things. And people and our brain is always trying to save energy, right? So when people think about how can I move to or should I move to another country, the brain immediately for most people will say, no, too much work. We're already overwhelmed, tired, fatigued. So no to the idea, right? Stay where, you, where we are because that's familiar. That's no additional energy expenditure. And that's why people tend to stay um, in the same place. Well, even if they are in the same place, you said something that really resonated with me, which is I work from home. I have for a very long time, but things have kind of shifted in my domestic relationship with my bride. And I find that because I am home all day, I am doing a lot more stuff. Like mm -hmm. today, I'm waiting for the dryer repairman and I'm doing... Mm -hmm all of this kind of stuff that I used to being a good old cishet white male used to give to my wife to do. Mm -hmm. And I find now that because I'm home, I'm doing a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. and I'm not as focused on work. I'm kind of more yeah. stressed than I was. Is that normal or is that just me? No, it is absolutely normal. And that's an issue for a lot of people working from home. People don't put enough energy and time into organizing their work and home environment, separating them and building boundaries around them. By boundaries, I mean, for example, hours, when people work, when people take breaks and take care of their other responsibilities at home where people do their work, right? Where is the workplace? Where is the place for food or for doing, you know, other things, entertainment, learning, um, taking care of our responsibilities. So for our brainsonality is very important. One example that might be, you know, a lot more people might understand is, for example, if you decide to work at home in bed, where you usually sleep, the brain is that uh, very, I don't know, magical adaptation machine. Whenever we switch our environment from bed to, yeah, from, you know, wherever we were to the bed, our brain immediately puts us in this state ready for sleep because that's what we usually do when, when we in bed. So certain neurotransmitters are released, certain are not released, and we get into the sleepy state, right? Now, if it's not sleeping time and somebody's trying to work there, they will not feel that productive and focused and effective at doing the work because the brain 
reads the environment and prepares for what you usually do there and creates the state optimal for that task. And that's why, you know, even if the our working space is limited, not everybody, you know, can have separate office and, you know, separate room for, for doing other things. Having zonality in a sense that, you know, um, maybe moving your table, um, maybe having different uh, corners of the same room for doing different work and taking care of other responsibility, that will really help people to improve their productivity and effectiveness at doing other things, right? So like environment, uh, that's, um, I think, people just not taught that fact. And well, I think there's a lot of things people aren't taught, not the least of which is how easily we trick our brains for good yeah. or for evil. I mean, moving your table close to the window shouldn't be as big a deal as in fact it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, because, you know, light, for example, it increases the production of dopamine and it is one of the major molecules that allows us to stay focused and accomplish things and have energy and drive to, uh, to accomplish tasks. Um, and so if somebody works, for example, in a corner that is darker, they're going to be having harder times um, just focusing on things and getting things done, right? Um, I like to call this, you know, brain's user manual. Like nobody taught us those things, like how to actually use our brain. Of course, one of the reasons was there was not enough science compared to now. What you've said is disturbing uh, on a couple of levels. And, and, and I'll tell you why. It's because because our brains are so easily tricked and because we're not always conscious of what is going on, um, we get in our own way. And so let's take a look at some of the most common things that people experience and you can help guide us through some of this. The first thing I think that a lot of people are feeling is just a sense of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. uh, things are just, it's just too much. And I'm trying to keep up at work and I'm trying to be a good soldier and I want to be a good teammate and I want to be a good employee and I want my boss to know I'm working so I don't get fired. And oh, by the way, the dog needs to be walked and there's stuff. Yeah. Um, why does our brain beat us up like that? Yes, uh, the brain is always actually not trying to beat us up, but trying to do its best job to help us accomplish things in life and, you know, get what we want. But it has, again, its user manual. It's kind of like every car, hybrid, electric or gas um, has uh, certain rules how to use it. The same for the brain. And our brain has also limitations. It's not limitless in its capacity. So one of those limitations, for example, is our working memory or that part of our brain that keeps the stuff that we are working on or thinking of uh, in one place to analyze, to process, and to help us achieve it. Now, again, it is limited. And so the most stuff we put there without management, without, I don't know, uh, putting um, certain schedule or certain things in certain folders or uh, projects, if we just keep them at the back of our mind, so to speak, in that working memory, that's where the feeling of overwhelm comes from because all of those things they're in that 
center in that working memory at the same time. And the reason is because, because people are not taught that to separate their life and their work into different projects. And how can we do that? Very simple. Let's say if you have uh, different projects at work, you can create on your computer uh, different folders and you put the information in the uh, related to that in those folders and then you schedule things and you um write it down again put into folders schedule them and then that unloads your working memory because now it's kind of like in the cloud right if somebody has personal life projects the same thing create a folder schedule it if you need to spend time with family with dogs you know with spouses then put it on your calendar and now you are not just trying to keep it in your working memory, trying not to forget. Now it's out there managed by our technology that can actually help us to feel less overwhelmed. And one of the you know, most popular um, strategy from productivity coaches is that you have to manage your life and work as projects, and you have to unload what you keep in your brain into some device, into some storage. Again, can be folders, can be your schedule, so you don't think about it all the time, like what you have to get done, right? You put in place reminders. I personally put reminders for anything from my workout to doing my laundry, etc. So it's all in the schedule. And I can be free thinking about whatever I need to think at the moment. I am both old and analog. And so I do everything mm -hmm. by notebooks. Is there an advantage to doing it electronically? Does the old analog, you know, write your list out, keep it in a paper calendar? Are there differences yeah, uh, the difference is um, about the effectiveness of the system. Now, you can write them down, but then do you have a system to organize that? Do you have separate folders for different areas of your life and work? So we need to, when you need to find something, it's actually easy to find. The advantage of um, digital system is that, number one, um, it is... Can, it can be structured in so many ways, right? You can have folders uh, of all kinds and you can uh, put links there and audio files and video files. Uh, number two, it can be accessed in theory from everywhere. Like if you have your Google Drive, for example, you can access it from your phone, you can access it from your computer. Um, another thing, yeah, you can connect it to your calendar that will send you reminders. Um, you can share it with other people, right? And, and then when you want to physically move, you don't have to move your notebooks and think about that or getting a new notebook. It's just one place all the time. And I think the last but not least, it's searchable. When you put it into digital storage, now you can put in keywords and search for a very specific thing instead of trying to browse through your notebook, for example. And again, can be done, probably with notebooks too, but it requires that organization so you can actually find the stuff that you put in there easily. Wow. That is a lot of stuff and I am properly shamed. Um, but let's, in the few minutes that we have left, and time is fleeing, good heavens, <laughs> I do want to make sure, because this is my personal demon. And so I am using this as therapy time and I make no apologies 
to our listeners about this. My big demon is procrastination. I am a world-class procrastinator. Um, <laughs> I am at 43,000 words of the new novel, and it ain't going anywhere. Um, tips for overcoming procrastination. Maybe why does our brain do that to us, and what can we do about it? Mm -hmm. So there are a few things, you know, from biology to psychology. I probably want to start with psychology because biology might take a while to unpack. So psychology, you know, your brain actually, Wayne, is not procrastinating. Not, you know, the way you think. Your brain does everything to keep you alive, to keep you fed, to keep you um, having roof over your head, right? So your brain does the important things. Now, why brain? our brain's primary purpose is survival. And so if we procrastinate on some project, that's because a couple of reasons. Our brain thinks it is not important to our immediate survival and thriving, right? And that's why we tend to do things, the urgent, especially if we are committed to uh, to someone and procrastinate on things that are kind of good to do, but you know, we might skip it. And that's internal knowledge of what's important and urgent and what is not, that is the cause of procrastination on some projects, but not on others, like you know, essential work that pays the bills. You the people usually don't procrastinate on that. Um, and number two, the brain often thinks that the project that you're procrastinating on is too expensive, meaning you have to put a lot, a lot of energy in, that's the cost, and the outcome, the reward is unknown somewhere far in the future, so your brain is much more concerned with the immediate survival, and that's kind of the uh, answer to this question. And the, the exercise here is to figure out, to talk to your, to your brain, and create this urgency almost artificially by, for example, writing down all the potential benefits of finishing this project. If you're working on your book, Wayne, right? So you might start uh, journaling a little bit about what this book can bring into your life. How can improve how it can improve your business? What kind of connections and opportunities it can bring into your life? How much more income it can bring? And then maybe put uh, more examples to make it really true to your brain, to make your brain understand that this is actually important for your future. This is where I would always start if I find um, people who I work with procrastinating. I'm trying to make them understand why it's important in the first place, right? Talk to your brain about the rewards and the future that you are getting from getting this done. Wow. Uh, I don't know about talking to my brain. It has been a pleasure talking to your brain, which works very differently than mine. Uh, we are at the end of our time, alas. Uh, thank you, Angela, for being with us. We will have notes uh, links with how to reach Angela, executive brain coaching, all of that good stuff. We will have that in the show notes, which are, of course, on longdistanceworklife.com. Uh, Angela, thank you for being with us. I am going to 
wrap things up here. If you are interested in this episode or any others, uh, please like and subscribe. Tell the rest of the world. Our listenership is growing uh, in leaps and bounds. Most of that is due to the hard work of Marissa. If you want to reach myself or Marissa, you can reach us on LinkedIn or Wayne at KevinEikenberry.com, Marissa at KevinEikenberry.com. Tell us your pet peeves, ask your questions, let us know what you think. Also, if you are thinking about how to design your team for remote hybrid work, trying to find that balance, Kevin Eikenberry and I have our new book, The Long Distance Team, Designing Your Team for Everyone's Success. You can learn all about it and get free stuff at longdistanceteambook.com. That's it for another week. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to Angela Sharina. Uh, I hope to talk to you again soon, folks. Don't let the weasels get you down.